When it comes to a patient's time in the doctor's office, time is precious. But physicians may want to find a moment in their busy appointment book for a talk about health care prices given the rising cost of medical care. You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Jeffrey Culgren. Dr. Culgren is Robert Wood Johnson Foundation Scholar at the University of Pennsylvania. An internist, Dr. Culgren's research is nationally known, focusing on consumer-driven health care and how patients can improve access to lower-cost medical care service. He joins us today from his offices in Philadelphia. Dr. Jeffrey Culgren, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Thanks very much for having me. Well, Dr. Cogan, it is really good to have you, especially in this era where, you know, healthcare reform is coming, healthcare costs continue to rise, and I know that physicians aren't necessarily looking for another thing to have to talk to their patients about given the squeeze on their time, but you're going to tell us about the idea of bringing up cost with patients could actually improve the whole situation. That's right, Bruce. So, certainly more patients who have private health insurance are now facing high levels of cost sharing for their care. As you alluded to, this is because as healthcare costs continue to rise, plans that have high levels of cost sharing generally offer lower premiums than more generous plans and are therefore often relatively attractive to both employers and to patients. And these we're talking about these high deductibles, consumer-directed plans that employers love because they're cheaper for them, but it really puts the burden on the patient to you know, kind of figure out what they're going to pay for. Well, that's right. And enrolling in these kinds of plans has now become commonplace. So Currently, one in four adults that have private health insurance are enrolled in a high-deductible plan, which, generally speaking, is a plan that has a deductible, an individual deductible of at least $1,000 or a family deductible of at least $2,000 before most services are covered. Because these plans have important and clinically relevant effects on patient decision-making, it's really important that physicians and other providers understand these issues. We know, for example, that patients who face high levels of cost-sharing for their care often delay or forego care due to cost for a wide variety of services. These decisions about what services are delayed or foregone are often made without provider input, and ultimately this leads to necessary and often potentially high-value care being foregone just as often as unnecessary or potentially low-value care. And so then the patient is going at this more based on their costs and the money they have, and it doesn't necessarily lead to the right care? Well, that's right. So in these plans, both patients and providers often don't have good information at the point of care to help them make good decisions around what sort of services can be delayed or put off or even foregone, and what kind of services are absolutely essential. And incorporating the costs into those decisions is often quite challenging. The tools that are available to both patients and providers are improving, uh, but I think we're still in our infancy in this area. So what it really comes down to then is patients having conversations with their physicians about a plan of care that will be the right care in the right place at the right time, but is also something that the patient can afford. Could you give us an examples on maybe, let's just say, walk us through a scenario where a physician and a patient would have such a conversation? I mean, let's just take, for example, if I have a $1,000 deductible, what might you say to me? What I would say in that situation would depend around what your particular medical needs were and in particular what chronic conditions you have. One recent development that has come out of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act is that U.S. Preventive Services Task Force recommended services are now exempt from any cost sharing at all. And so we're generally speaking for those services, 
as having no cost sharing. I think the bigger issue becomes when patients have chronic conditions like hypertension, diabetes, coronary heart disease. For these kinds of conditions, the initial cost of care is often being paid for out of a patient's own pockets. So let's take your example. A patient comes into my office and has hypertension or diabetes. It's important that they understand what part of their care they're going to have to pay for and that we have a conversation about which care I might recommend would be absolutely essential to keep their chronic conditions under control and what other sort of services might be of potentially lower value and could either be put off or foregone entirely. And so in this case of the Affordable Care Act, for those of our listeners, patients and physicians, is that there are now you don't have to pay a copay or deductible. Your insurance company eats that or your employer eats that for sort of your basic tests within a physical or trips to the preventive wellness services. However, when it comes to the actual treatment protocol that you're getting at, whether it be prescription drugs or some type of other care, that's what's going to come out of their pocket. And so the conversations that you're talking about are probably more important now than ever before. I would absolutely agree with that. And so the label that has been given to that policy development in the Affordable Care Act is value-based insurance design, which is a concept that has emerged over the last few years. The idea that cost-related barriers to care should be eliminated for services that are of relatively high value. But you can imagine, in terms of insurance design, it is difficult, if not impossible, to remove all cost-related barriers for care that might be potentially high value for any individual patient. And so, again, that's really why it's essential that providers are having these conversations with their patients to determine which of their care is higher value and which care might be potentially lower value so that they can together make a plan for the patient being able to access necessary care. Well, if you're just joining us or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Jepson, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Jeffrey Colgan of the University of Pennsylvania. And we're talking about how in some of the research Dr. Colgan has done, he's an internist, Basically, physicians and patients having more conversations about cost and price of their services and developing a plan for this given the complexities of healthcare reform and what's available. But Dr. Colgren, if you could, physicians often say they don't have time. What would you recommend for the physician do? Should they set up some bullet points or a brochure or how, how should they have these conversations? That's a great question, Bruce. I'm, as you mentioned, an internist and a primary care physician. And so I'm certainly very sensitive to issues around not having enough time with a patient in a visit to be able to accomplish everything that we might want to accomplish together. That being said, in healthcare, more and more, we're moving towards team-based care, where instead of just a physician taking care of a patient, there's a whole team of health professionals, physicians, nurses, mid-level practitioners like physicians' assistants or nurse practitioners, dietitians, et cetera, who together are working to take the best possible care of that patient that they can. I think this really needs to be a shared effort. And so what I'm not suggesting is that this is another thing that primary care physicians should necessarily be doing on top of all of the things that they're already doing in often very short visits. However, I think that there are some very simple things that physicians can be talking about with their patients that often don't necessarily require any more time than they're already spending, and in some cases could even be done by another part of that care team. And also, I know that you were recently um, featured in a New York Times article where the question was asked, when exactly should a patient bring up the price? There's really no right or wrong time to do that. I think the most important thing is that if patients are concerned about being able to afford care that they'll need to pay for out of their own pockets, 
It's important that they make their physicians and other providers aware of those concerns. As you had mentioned, primary care visits in particular can often be rather short when they're just a follow-up visit. And so if this is an important issue for a patient, I would recommend that people bring those issues up with their physicians, again, because the physician or the other providers have so many things they may want to get through in a very short visit. And this also seems like this could potentially improve outcomes just because if you're a physician and you're having sort of like a risk management tool, would you say that there could potentially be some improvement outcomes in actual patient care just by having these conversations? That's the hope. And research in this area is just in its infancy in terms of as patients are facing higher levels of cost sharing, if providers and patients were to have more in-depth conversations around uh, making sure that their care is affordable, we don't really know at, that, at this point whether that would actually lead to improved outcomes, but that certainly would be the goal. I think other important things for providers to consider, however, and other benefits that could be gained from these kinds of conversations is when patients are not able to afford care that's recommended by a physician, you can imagine that can be a particularly stressful situation. And a provider who has a longstanding relationship with a patient and can be empathetic about and understanding of these issues can really improve the patient's experience and their satisfaction with their care. Another important reason for why physicians would want to discuss these issues with their patients is that we know, particularly for individuals who have chronic health conditions and are in plans with high levels of cost sharing, recommended care often leads to substantial financial burdens for these patients because, as we had talked about earlier, much of this care is often subject to those deductibles. And so to the extent that patients and physicians can work out a plan together for how they can receive necessary care, but in an affordable and timely way, you could imagine that might reduce the financial burdens that many chronically ill patients face. I know that when hospitals came under fire in recent years for perhaps not providing charity care, which of course they get tax exemptions, et cetera, and so a lot of hospitals started to basically disclose their policies, set up sliding fee scales, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that this will lead to more physicians perhaps either marketing their prices or, or being more transparent about what they charge given high deductibles and so forth? I think that is certainly the direction that we'll need to be going in here. As you mentioned, it's often very difficult for both patients and physicians at the point of care to know how much a service will cost that particular patient. Because more people are enrolling in these high-deductible plans, and that trend is likely to continue into the future, I think increasingly this is becoming the way of the world. And one way that we as the healthcare community need to respond to this is by having greater transparency about the costs that patients will need to pay for certain kinds of care, particularly for routine and predictable care. It's a bit more difficult for care that is of an urgent nature, and certainly in those kinds of situations, making decisions about urgent and necessary care on the basis of the cost of that care is difficult and in many cases inadvisable. And so, but I think one area where we can really improve is by having greater transparency around routine and predictable care. For example, routine care for chronic conditions. Could you give me some examples of like a routine care? You're just talking about somebody with hypertension who comes in and they have a sort of a basic need where they need a prescription and a couple of visits or something. I think a good example of this would be diabetes care. Mm -hmm. So, for my patients with diabetes, if I were to have a patient who 
had to pay for their diabetes care out of their pockets, potentially because they're in a high deductible plan. And they wanted to know what kind of routine care they would need for their diabetes over the next 12 months. I would be able to provide them with a list of services that I would recommend, the intervals around which I would recommend those services, so that they could know what they would need to be paying for out of their pockets. And You know, another issue that we haven't touched on is where patients are receiving these services. You could imagine, for example, if I recommended for a patient to have a hemoglobin A1C to monitor how they're doing with their diabetes, they could potentially look around at different laboratories in their community or different places where they could get that test done, find out which one would be cheapest for them to pay for out of their own pockets. They could get the test done there, and they could then bring the result back to me. There are certain kinds of care that are routine and predictable for certain kinds of chronic conditions, and I think in those circumstances, physicians and other providers need to be open to helping patients know what kind of care is going to be recommended on a routine basis and also uh, potentially help them find places where that care could be more affordable. Now, the system is not set up in a way that it's very easy for patients to get that kind of information about how much a service will cost. Again, I think there are going to be increasingly more pressures on healthcare facilities and healthcare providers to disclose some of these prices up front. Right now, it remains rather challenging. I think, fortunately, there are some resources that are available to patients that I think it's important for providers to be aware of. One opportunity, for example, is many health insurers now have on their plan websites tools where patients can find where the lowest cost place to receive a service in their community might be. Another opportunity is some state governments now are providing websites for patients where they can enter in, say, their zip code, what particular service they might need, and then find where the most affordable place to get that service in their community might be. There are also some private websites that are out there now, for example, healthcarebluebook.com or outofpocket.com where patients can type in a particular procedure or service they need and then look for places in their community where that service might be more affordable. Again, that works out best for, you know, if a patient is able to know in advance what service they might need. If the service is not something that a patient needs to have today or tomorrow, but is a routine service or an elective service that could be planned for some point in the future. And so, you know, there are resources out there. They are improving over time. This process is still difficult for both patients and physicians, but I think it's important for people to be aware of how they can help their patients who are facing these high out-of-pocket costs. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Dr. Jeffrey Colgan, who has been our guest. He's a Robert Wood Johnson Foundation Scholar at the University of Pennsylvania. You've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson. ReachMD online, on demand, and on the air. Please check us out at www.reachmd.com. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.